TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Welcome to the podcast. And now... You're listening to TalkLine with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host... Welcome back to the program, Mom Zev Brenner. The community was so upset uh, yesterday when a six-year-old boy, Yosef Shapiro, went missing in Brooklyn. And it was just amazing to see how many people came out concerned from all over uh, to make sure that this boy would be found because it was certainly a serious situation. And we're very pleased that uh, joining us once again is Chief Jeffrey Mandrick, Chief of Community Affairs for the New York Police Department, and Richard Taylor, Deputy Inspector of the Police Department, also Commanding Officer of, the, of Community Affairs, and the gentleman who helped find them because people were really looking, put all their efforts, but all it takes sometimes is just one person to actually do that. And referring to Victor Shine, who's been a high-tech executive, and I want to welcome everybody to the program, so thank you. Let me first begin with you, Chief. Um, tell us about this is a community effort. This shows community policing, shows everybody working together at his best. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You know, public safety is about a collaboration. It's about the NYPD being able to partner with, with all sectors and all segments of the community where we have incidents of this nature. We had a six-year-old boy who was lost. He was lost for a couple of hours. The families were frantic. The, the, the community was frantic. But people pulled together at a, at a very difficult time. So many volunteers at NYPD, we were able to find a young boy and, and bring him back to safety and reunite him with his family. No, it's it's so special because when I saw the first reports, I like everybody else, was just very concerned when the number of hours went by and the boy was missing. So thank God that it has a happy ending. Everybody working together. And thank you, Chief. You know because that's really what it's all about. Is that it's not one person; it's everybody. That's a group effort. That's I found so special, so endearing. And I turned to my friend, uh, Deputy Inspector Richie Taylor. So also, uh, just the involvement of yourself and the police department, and we'll talk to Victor in just a moment, Ben, how he is insight to, into finding the boy. Uh, let me turn to you, Deputy Inspector. Yes, yeah, thank you. As Chief Madry said, it's about collaboration. It's about working together. It's about having great relationships with the leaders of organizations during times of peace, during the day-to-day so, God forbid, during a time of crisis, we all know who everyone is, and we all work together seamlessly for the results of the positive nature that we found. And, of course, like Chief Madry always sets the tone. It's about making sure that everyone feels comfortable to come to the police, that we have the, uh, the friendship of the leaders of the organizations, whether it's Atzala, Shomrim, Nesaskim, Achiezer, you name it, Haverim that uh, everyone feels comfortable when we're there. They feel comfortable to share information. They feel comfortable that they know that it's about a partnership. You know, we were creating the zones last night, the search grids. It was completely and totally a partnership. Now, I'm glad and you mentioned all the groups, Mkhaverim, Tatsala, Shomrim, Shmir, you name it, everybody was there, which in the time of crisis, everybody just puts aside whatever competitive spirit that they have in normal day-to-day life to everybody working together, and that's what I find so impressive. 
you know, and thank you for bringing that to the attention. I want to turn out to Victor Shane. You are the one who actually found the boy. How did how did it all come about? Well, I, I do want to just correct that I just heard the voice, and I was able to uh, get in contact with Richie because I had his cell phone. Uh, there were other volunteers, I believe, from Crown Heights Hotel, if I'm not mistaken, who actually found the child. But you, but to tell us, but you had a big hand in it. So tell us about your role. So I was, I, I felt compelled to come and compelled to be there, and, and just driven to just keep going. And uh, where do you, you know, live? Do you, live you, you live nearby where the boy was missing in Flatbush. Uh, maybe a twenty-minute drive. Okay. Anyways, I was just. They asked me to wait for the instructions with the grid, and I just, I felt like I had to go. So I knew there were hundreds of people there to service the grid and the other, you know, official uh, efforts, which I applaud. I mean, the, the NYPD was just absolutely amazing. Every uh, organization that you could imagine was there, and everybody was working together. The unity was incredible. But I just went off on my own. I had a flashlight. I was calling his name. I was trying to think like a six-year-old. You know, where would I be? I'd be scared. I'd be hungry. I'd be thirsty. Anyway, a very long story short, I walked along the entire beach, and on the way back, I found a dirt path, and I said, well, let me explore this. And I just started that, you know, just walking into that dirt path, and then I heard a voice as I was calling, Yosef, Yosef, and I heard a child's voice say, Ta. So I was questioning myself, did I really hear that? And there was a guy right behind me, maybe 20 feet away, and he also looked at me and said, did you hear that? I said, yeah, I heard it. You heard it? He said, yeah, I heard it. So he jumps right into towards the sound of the voice right in the marsh. That's a little bit uh, much for me. You know, I'm 56 years old. I don't like to be trekking through the swamp. But what I thought to do was, let me tell Richie. And I was feeling kind of silly because I'm going to have all these resources devoted to this lead that may not even pan out. And meanwhile, they could have been searching elsewhere. But the timing apparently was incredible because the sun had already set. It was getting dark. The rain was really starting to come down in buckets. And it was just, thank God it was perfect timing. And I just feel grateful to be such a part of this unity, this unified effort. As all of the speakers have said before, uh, it's just it's overwhelming. And I'm, I'm so grateful to even be involved. No, I mean, thank God, and you have to think like a child, and you did, and people came, and I saw the video of people dancing after after the, the child was found. But maybe, uh, Chief or Deputy Inspector, tell me, how does the process work? Because you have so many volunteers. Who coordinates it? How does, how does one designated to go here or go there work us through a general situation when you have a situation like this? We, we trust, of course, we know that Shomrim Hatzalah, they they do this when it comes up, especially in the community there. They have the coordinators, they do the leadership there, that are in charge of certain things. And one of the uh, one of the bureaus, if you will, is search and rescue. So that's their expertise. They go to training for it. I know my father-in-law personally; he's done a tremendous amount of training when it comes to urban search and rescue. So we see that they're doing their their grid deployments. And we don't micromanage it, but we do get a copy of everything that they're doing so we can marry with them. We can support them. We have police officers there with them while they're doing it in the grids. 
we've, we've certainly had far more. Well, but, but who puts together, who puts together the grid and who's in charge of making sure that people are parceled out? Is it the police department? Is it the volunteer so it's group, groups? It's a group that we have detectives that do it. We have the not-for-profit organizations that are doing it. That are doing it. It's just a big group organization that, you know, very carefully and very intelligently, they're going over the bullseye of where the child was last seen, and they start working their way up from there, in whether it's by block by block, you know, area by area, and they're just covering it intelligently uh, with the coordination with the other agencies that are there. Amazing. Um, and it, what impresses me, as I kept saying, is how people came, such as yourself, Victor, and others came from other neighborhoods to participate. It just shows, you know, I think such devotion. And some, obviously, for somebody you don't know, but you're you're somebody who can relate this, having had children, grandchildren, that, you know, you would say, hey, I really got to go and help out. And, and it made a very, very, very big difference over here, too. What do you tell people how, how do you get the people to come out and volunteer? Is there a special number when this when this happens? How do people know to volunteer? How do they know where to go? How does it usually work? Just walk us through because, you know, I think it's important for the audience to realize realize that. It's part of the messaging from Shomrim and Hatzala. The Twitter accounts, the social media accounts are very powerful. The group chats, whether it's WhatsApp groups, are very, very powerful. The message was that volunteers are needed here by Canarsie Park, Please come if you can. I know there's a tremendous amount of messaging via the uh, the platforms I mentioned, and that's what got out to so many people. And everyone knew that the boy was missing just for a short time, and uh, time is of the essence. It's getting dark in a few hours, and time is of the essence. Let's get out now, mobilize, like where Victor and Victor heard it. However Victor heard it, he'll explain that, I'm sure. But the message was sent, and the message was received, and people answered that call. They answered that call swiftly. You know, we had our own challenges in the police department with the weather. You know, we have an aviation unit, of course, that comes out of Floyd Dennis Field, which is pretty close to the location of Carnarthy Park. However, due to the storm, we couldn't have a helicopter in the air as long as we wanted to. I was in touch with the chief the entire time during the search to get the resources there. We had harbor on the water, of course, without boats. But it wasn't, thank God, it wasn't by the waterways. But we were giving out from a tremendous amount of, uh, of resources from the support system of the department. But we did have our challenges with that. Now, w- tell us exactly where was the boy missing from and what area did the search encompass? He was missing from the bullseye was pretty much the center of the of Canarsie Park, and he was found on the very, very southern, most extreme point just before the Atlantic Ocean. Victor can tell you pretty much, you know, not far from the actual Atlantic Ocean is where he was found. It was, it was the most southern extreme point of the land area of that location in Canarsie Park. So let me turn the marsh area. Marsh area, so area. that's why you had the you wanted to use the, the naval units and also the, the airplane. Victor, let me ask you this question. First of all, how did you know to come out, where to go? Did you ever do this before? So like Deputy Inspector Taylor mentioned, the WhatsApp groups are very powerful, and that's how I found out about it, and that's when I made a decision. First I was sitting you know, saying psalms to Hillam, and then I said, you know, that's for somebody who's maybe in Denver. Somebody who's right here in Brooklyn needs to be there. That's a powerful thing. It's not just saying to Hillam psalms, but to actually go out and do something. Have you ever done this before? I have not. So let me ask you this question. I mean, there have been other cases of children missing or other cases where volunteers were needed. What motivated you to say this is the event, or this is the thing that I'm going to go do, which you never did before. So what 
made this different than other things that you saw in your WhatsApp group? Well, that's a great question. The real question is, why didn't I do it before? But the or, truth or, is, or we why just married off our last kid. <laughs> uh, we just married off our last kid, thank God, and I seem to have a lot more time on my hands. And my wife is very generous with my time and lets me do what I, you know, if I feel compelled to do something, it's a lot easier to get up and go when I don't have kids in the house. Right, but but you know, I'm impressed because this is the one time that you decided to go, and you actually made a big difference because you helped find find the find Joseph Shapiro, six years old. Well, I, I thought about my own grandson. I wasn't going to go. You know, this type of thing is for younger people, and you know, it was getting dark outside, and it was you know, it was threatening rain, and I honestly, I wasn't going to go. And then I thought about my grandson, and I said, you know, if Alexander was missing, and my wife says, don't even say that. I said, you see? <laughs> and I just had to go. I had to be there. Wow. I didn't know what I could do if I would make a difference. I just had to go, because what if it was my grandson? And the truth is that uh, along the same vein of this unity, we're all a family. And I don't care where you, you, where you pray, where you daven, you know, where, where your kids go to school. We're all hidden together. You know, we're all New Yorkers together. You know, I want you to know that when I went into the park, I didn't just look. I was co-opting uh, strangers, complete strangers, obviously not Jewish. I was showing them a picture on my phone. I said, if you see this boy, please call 911. And I did that with a lot, a lot of people. So, And some of them even joined the search. So it wasn't just about me being there. It was about doing whatever I could to help find this boy. That was my only focus. And uh, thank God that you participated because it certainly made a very, very big difference. And how many people were out there overall looking for uh, Yosef Shapiro? I'd say at least 400, maybe 400 people. Wow. Probably more, I would say. Wow. Certainly more. And it was pouring, it was pouring, raining for a good portion of the search? Towards the end, especially. Yes, it was. Light, and the lightning was nonstop at some points of it also. Yeah. Even wow. before the rain started, aviation advised they had to go back to Port Bennett Field due, due to a tremendous amount of lightning. So that was even before the rain. So we had a lot of challenges during that evening, yeah, last evening. Which made it more urgent to find the boy because also the weather <laughs> was bad and Absolutely. nightfall was coming. And do, do we know what, how the boy got, how Yossi got, Yossi got lost? Does anybody know what caused the circumstances where he was missing? What we see, we believe, just wandered off. You know, kids do it, just wandered off into the grassy areas, the trees, and just kept on going. And just couldn't find his way back, and they went a little deeper and a little deeper. Just horrific, horrific with a, with a, thank God, with a very positive outcome. Again, thanks to the to, to the great people you have on the line here. Chief Badgery was support, extremely supportive from the very beginning with any and every resource that the department was given to us. And, of course, Victor's initiation. And uh, he, he saved, I think he saved the day. No, it really, really did. And the and, partners. I know Ralph, Ralph Wilker was also, David Askeel. We had great people, Bob Moskowitz, C. Weil, Barry Burke, Bear Bender. I just thought naming people. But uh, Mike Schwarzer, um, Judah Eckstein, we had a tremendous amount of support and great people out there who, uh, who really, really took the lead at this, at this time of crisis. But again, like I said before, and as Chief Magistrate started off with, it's about the relationships during times of peace, day to day, that really prepared us for this crisis because we have those those relationships of trust, we can come to a scene now, and we can work together seamlessly to get results like this. And kudos. And like Victor, I have my cell number, because I have a great relationship with Victor for a long time, with friends, 
and why, which is why he called me as soon as he called me. I know I was on the phone with the leader of another, I think, the Patsala, and I was going to call him back. He called me a second and a third time. I got his phone call, and he told me what he had there. And we deployed right away, went to Hatsala, Shomer, Masaskim. They had ATVs ready to go. And I know Ralph Wilker, who's one of our honorary police surgeons, also a Hatsala member, Rockley Lawrence. Uh, we got the pinpoints on WhatsApp, and we were able to narrow down as much as we can. And then, thank God, about uh, 10 minutes later or so, uh, the volunteers there in the area found them. Amazing. I'm so impressed, you know, and, and what really impresses me also, Victor, aside from the fact that everybody was together, you had 400 people in the rain, which was soaking at times, and lightning, which was threatening not just for a six-year-old Yosu Shapiro who was missing, but also for the volunteers out there. But this is the first time you answered the call and you have made such a difference. I find that to be Hashgach Pratis, God's divine providence, that this was the one time you went, and, and look what the difference that you made. I'm blown away by that. No question about it. I mean, I do volunteer at other places in my community, but search and rescue has never been in my wheelhouse. No, listen, I assume you're going to be going on more. We shouldn't need it, but if there were more search and rescues, I assume you're going to be, you're going to be part of that for the future, too. <laughs> you know what I'd rather do is be involved in the planning of what happens before. Like, why don't we have aerial drones with infrared cameras available? You know, let's raise some money. Is that something that that should be done by the volunteer groups, or there were, or Deputy Inspector Richard Taylor? Does the police department have these kinds of drones? So we we rely on aviation, of course. We do have drones that we do use that parade as public knowledge. Um, but that's something that, of course, you know, Chief Magery uh, will certainly look into. You know, just you know, adding resources to the arsenal that we already have. You know, we had great amounts of resources there. Um, you know, Chief Stevenson, Brooklyn South, is there. You know, Penny Ringles, the mayor's office, who just had a great amount of support. And yes, we always, we're always learning. Chief Magic says it all the time. We're always constantly learning, looking at, you know, how we could improve, how can we do, how can we do better. And this may be something that, uh, that maybe we can look at something that's innovative like that. Yeah, because maybe that's a solution. Drones could be helpful to help pinpoint. That's a very good suggestion, Victor. So uh, maybe you, you, you're I, I high tech. Say, it was, Go ahead. I am high tech. It was not my intent to, to say, well, the NYD should have, could have, would have. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm just saying, like, we need to think a little bit out of the box. 21st century, let's see what resources we can come up with. And if the city doesn't have it, let's let's get some fundraising done and, and make this available. And, and, and by the way, maybe, maybe they should also be, you know, I know it's not very popular in the very firm community, but maybe a six-year-old maybe should have a cell phone. Or or a geolocation tracker. Or a geolocation or tracker, right. You know, it's, it's, there's a modern technology, and maybe, you know, kids should be outfitted where parents could keep track in situations like this. And when they're young, may not be a bad idea. So just throwing it out. We should, we should have a brainstorming session and say, before this happens, what else can we do? What can we learn? Like, a lot of people were referring to something that happened 10 years ago. It was the anniversary of Levy Kletsky, of course with a very different outcome, and they were saying, well, look what we learned from here. We know we're going to do a search of all, you know, car trunks, and I don't know what. What can we learn from this one? Let's do a post-mortem and figure out what we can do in advance, whether it's the city, whether it's the public-private partnership, and let's put our heads together. We're, we're smart people. We can figure something out, and maybe it doesn't have to go on five hours next time. Absolutely. I agree with you. There should be better solutions, but the, thank God that, you know, 
he was found, and we have to figure out ways of preventing for the future or working together to and, and one idea is the drone. One idea is either phones or GPS tracking or some other means of doing that. Anyway, I want to thank all of you for your effort. And by the way, my final question is, was, every, was that everybody was dancing in the rain when they found the boy? Absolutely. <laughs> that was a quite, quite a beautiful shot. The rain and people were just so happy. And for somebody that, that they don't know, just that just makes us so special as a Jewish community, as has New Yorkers. So first, I want to thank you, Victor Shane, who's a high-tech executive who helped find six-year-old Yosef Shapiro, who was missing. And, of course, uh, my good friend, the deputy commanding, the, the actual deputy inspector. He's also deputy commanding officer of community affairs for the New York Police Department, Richie Taylor. And we're especially thankful to Chief Jeffrey Madry, Chief of Community Affairs, for helping put this all together. So, gentlemen, thank you for being here with us. Continued success, and God bless all of you for what you did. And we're so happy that Yossi Shapiro, as six years old, was found in good health. So thank God. So thank you for all that you've done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we're going to be right back. Don't go away. Stay tuned. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Talkline Radio and TV with Zeb Brenner is just phenomenal. Everybody concerned about the Jewish community should listen and watch. He has the best guests. He asks the most interesting questions. He's always so well prepared. It's talk radio and television from a Jewish point of view at its very best. To advertise on the TalkLine network and TalkLine's email and social media blasts reaching over 70,000 people, please call 212-769-1925, extension 100. That's 212-769-1925, extension 100. Or email info at TalkLineNetwork.com. TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Thank you for listening to today's episode of 